Now, today's message is going to be different than um, possibly different than how I would normally preach. But I do feel the Lord's prompting upon this service, upon this message, upon this moment, upon this day. As you know, our dear brother Favel passed away a few days ago. And um, I just want to say I've been talking with the family several times this week and meeting with them last night. And it was so beautiful to hear. There were so many beautiful things, really, but uh, so beautiful to hear uh, the entire Favel family and the extended with the kids and the spouses of just how much they appreciated the body of Christ during this time. And so I just want to say thank you on behalf of myself, my wife. Thank you for every uh, individual in this room who has um, brought them food, called them, texted them, prayed for them, whatever form or fashion you have ministered to the fables this, these last several days. I just want to say a great big thank you. It, is, it has definitely been a blessing to them. And... Um, Today's not going to be a sorrowful day, okay? All right? But for those of you that did not know Brother Favel, I know the last uh, couple of years he hasn't really been able to uh, come to church as much as, as uh, he would have wanted to. He, um, just because of physical reasons, he just absolutely could not get out of bed. Uh, but before that, he never missed a service. He had a lot of excuses, but he never missed a service. But for those of you that don't know Brother Favel or who we're talking about, um, Brother Favel, some 30-plus years ago, there was an explosion at, at his workplace. And he was right in the middle of the explosion, and he really, uh, by all accounts, should have died that day, but uh, he did not. The hand of the Lord spared him, but... Uh, the explosion left him uh, paralyzed from his waist down, and he was blind in both eyes, and, and many other physical uh, issues as well went along with that. And um, yet, even even in that condition, if you talked with or if you spent much time at all with Brother Favel, you were going to be taught some lessons, some very valuable lessons. And it wasn't, it wasn't that he uh, would intentionally set out to teach you something or to show you something. It's just that he lived his life in such a way as to be a living epistle, the Bible talks about, read and known of all men. And so with the Lord's help today, I'd like to zero in on just a few lessons that Brother Favel taught us with his life. Now, before they put my title up, it, it, it dawned on me last night as my wife and I were over at the Favels, it dawned on me that I, uh, to my recollection, I had never seen a picture of Brother Favel before the accident. Obviously, I knew him after, and I had seen pictures on their walls with him in the wheelchair and um, on and on and on, but I had never seen a picture of him prior to 
his accident. And so uh, I believe they may have got my title on his picture. This is, this is him pre-accident. And I want to preach today about what Brother Favel taught us all. What Brother Favel taught us all. Can you see that? There he is. Amen. What Brother Favel taught us all. Now, the first, the first lesson, uh, everybody good today? The first lesson he taught us, uh, I, I believe, was born from a conversation I had with him years ago. For here he was paralyzed. Here he was blind in both eyes. And yet, one day as I was over visiting with him, he said, Pastor, he said, I have, I have so much to be thankful for. And so, I uh, just caught me off guard a little bit, and I, uh, I just asked him, I said, well, Brother Favel, what is it, what is it specifically today that you're thinking of or uh, that makes you uh, to have and be so thankful unto the Lord? Obviously, again, paralyzed, blind, and, but he told me this. He said, I've got so much to be thankful for. He said, because even though I am completely blind, he said, I'm so thankful to God. He said, because I still am able to see, and the best way I can describe it as he described it to me, he said, I can see like a, like a greenish tint. Obviously, he couldn't see his wife. He couldn't see his kids. He couldn't see his grandkids. And yet, he was still so thankful to God that he could still see a little bit of greenish Hugh. Brother Favel taught us all that in spite of what we, we may be going through and in spite of the circumstances of our living, the apostolic, Pentecostal, blood-bought, spirit-filled, heaven-bound believer should be the most thankful person on the face of the earth. Oh, hallelujah. He said, I got a lot to be thankful for. Oh, hallelujah. There's no one in this world who should be more thankful than most of the people sitting on these pews and these chairs right now. Well, pastor, you just don't know what I'm going through. You don't know the junk that's in my life. You don't know the pain. You don't know the circumstances that I'm dealing with. And I would have to say back to you that Brother Favel had to endure some stuff as well. And he did so with a life obedient to the word of the Lord when it says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, in everything will I give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. I might not be able to see my family, but I'm thankful that I can still see a little bit of green. I've got a lot to be thankful for in everything. Give thanks. Oh, I think some of us need to get our eyes off of what we don't have and what we're going through and get them on the tremendous blessings that God has already poured out in our lives. Come on, we've got a lot to be thankful for today. I said we, he woke us up in our right mind. We were able to make it to the house of the Lord today. Many of us have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, baptized in his name. Come on, we've got a lot to be thankful for. If you can raise your hands, if you can jump, if you can walk, if you can breathe, we've got a lot to be thankful for today. 
Come on, don't get so discouraged. Don't get so downtrodden on all the things you don't have. We need to remember in all things I will give God thanks. Come on, go ahead and thank him now. Go ahead and put your hands together. Give him praise. In fact, this was just a few mere hours before Brother Favel passed. So put that other picture up there. I want you to see what he's doing just a few hours before he passed. Look at that. <laughs> Hands raised. Hands raised. Oh, held head tilted back to the heavens. Uh, worshiping God. Praising God. Uh, magnifying God. Giving God thanks. Come on, if he can do it, we can do it. Uh, I know some of you walked in here with some stuff going on in your life. Uh, but I think God's still worthy to be, worthy to be thanked. Uh, I think he's still worthy to be praised. Uh, I think he's still worthy to be magnified and glorified and exalted. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, we got a lot to be thankful for. If you may have momentarily forgotten the blessings of God upon your life, what we should be thankful for, let me just give me a few minutes to remind you. We need to be thankful concerning the fact that God that we serve is a good God. Psalms 106.1, praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Whether I have what I have or I don't have what I think I need to have, God is still a good God. And therefore, he's worthy to be praised and magnified. We need to be thankful for concerning the fact that no matter our actions and failures and shortcomings, we serve a God whose love is unfailing. Psalms 107 and 8, let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. He loved us when we were unlovable. He loved us in our mistake. He loved us in our failure. He loved us in our backslidden situation. He loved us when we didn't love him. He loved us when we didn't serve him. He loved us when we failed. He loved us when we messed up. He kept on right on loving us when we were doing things we shouldn't do. And because of that, he's worthy. Worthy to be thanked. Thank you. Psalms 145, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. We should be thankful for the fact that God is near us. We need to be thankful for the fact that we serve a prayer answering God. Psalms 118.21, I will give you thanks for you answered me. Woo. Different translation, but has heard me, answered me. Hear me, if it's truth that's gonna set us free and if it's the word of the Lord that's gonna save our souls, then we need to be thankful for this book right here. Psalms 119.62 at midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. How many know sometimes in the midnight hour there's nothing else that can get us through that time other than the word of the Lord at midnight when friends couldn't help me and family members weren't there in my darkest of moments and in 
my darkest of nights when the words of men didn't do anything for me. That's when I got the word. That's when I got your righteous laws. And that's what seen me through. That's what got me through my midnight. Thank you for your word. Come on, we got a lot to be thankful for today. If Brother Favor could be truly thankful that he could still see a greenish hue, then I think the rest of us need to understand how thankful we should be for all the blessings God has bestowed upon us. And let's not forget that next week. Let's not forget that next month. Moving on many years ago, those of you that have gone to this church for quite a while might remember it many, many years ago when my father was still alive and pastoring the church, he taught a series on heaven. How many were here on the, for that series on heaven? Just a few of you. And it was told to me by the Favel family that one of the things that Brother Favel wanted to do before he passed was that he wanted to listen to some of that series on heaven because he was so excited about going to heaven. Ooh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He was so excited about going to heaven. Brother Favel would often talk about heaven in our conversations. In fact, in talking with Brother Favel in the days leading up before he passed, I, I told him, I said, Brother Favel, I said, there's a, there's a part of me that's a bit jealous of you. I said, because you're about to see face to face this Jesus that we preached about and talked about and sung about and worshiped for so long. And you're about to see firsthand this heaven we've thought about, taught about, rejoiced about, and longed for for such a long time. Ooh, hallelujah. In fact, the book would say it like this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 13, but I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep or those that have died, though ye sorrow not, even as, uh, uh, as others which have no hope. It said, don't sorrow for those who pass on, your loved ones that pass on. Don't sorrow like the world sorrows. Verse 14, why? For if we believe that Jesus died, anybody believe that Jesus died and that he rose again? Anybody believe he rose again? Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Oh yes, we're sad that Brother Favel's no longer with us, but we don't sorrow the way this world sorrows who has no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and since we believe that Jesus rose again, then we also believe that those who die in the Lord and are in right relationship with the Lord are now united with the Lord forever in a place called heaven. Second Corinthians chapter five and verse eight, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
So Brother Favor reminded us yet again with his living that even if everything might not be going the way we may have planned it to go and even if our lives aren't everything we may have wanted them to be and even if sickness and pain and problems and the cares of this world may have risen up within us we should still be thankful for the fact that this world is not our home. We're just a passing through. We won't be in these old fleshly bodies for all time but there's a heaven that's been promised to us. I said there's a heaven to gain. There's a heaven on our radar. There's a heaven in view. And I've come to preach uh, this subject of heaven. Uh, it's not some pie in the sky dream. Uh, it's not some make believe something uh, just to help us limp through life. Uh, there really are streets of gold. Uh, and there really is a place uh, where there is going to be no more sickness uh, and no more pain uh, and no more suffering uh, and no more death. We really are going to see Jesus and cast our crowns at his feet and partake in the marriage supper of the Lamb. And to all that have put heaven as your eternal reward, we've got a lot to be thankful for. Come on, is there anybody excited about heaven today? Come on, somebody lift your eyes from the mundane. Lift your eyes off the normal. Lift your eyes above all that is down here and get them on heaven. Get them on heaven. Lift your eyes. Lift your eyes. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, I believe God wants to do something great today. There's a passage of scripture that speaks of heaven that I read in a little different light as I thought about Brother John Favel. For the book says this, Revelation chapter 21 and verse 1, and I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there were no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Who saw it? John saw it. And there shall be no more death who saw it, John saw it. Neither sorrow, neither crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I make all things new. I make all things new. Uh, trust me, I know who wrote this, and I know the John that is talking about. Uh, I know it was John the Revelator that was writing these words, uh, but there's another John that's even right now seeing uh, the same things that John the Revelator saw. Uh, for even right now, John Favel uh, is seeing that place where all tears are wiped away, uh, and all death is banished forever, uh, and sorrow is not allowed, and crying is forever silenced, and pain no longer has its place. Ooh. 
John Favel now sees the same things as John the Revelator and he views the Lord high and lifted up sitting on his throne making all things new. Saints of God, his word is true. I said his word is true. Heaven is real. And an eternity with Jesus has been promised to all the believers. Therefore, like Brother Favor, we need to keep in our heart that great anticipation of heaven. Now, this is funny. A few years ago, Brother Ron, I was, got a phone call on a Monday morning from Brother Favor. And uh, the day before, I had preached a message about heaven. I thought I did an okay job. I get a phone call Monday morning from Brother Favel. And he said, in his loving and yet direct way, <laughs> he got on to me a little bit. And I received it. He said, Pastor, you did a good job telling everybody about heaven. But you just didn't tell them how to get there. Yes, sir. So, just so he's not upset with me today. <laughs> I told you a little bit about heaven, but let me tell you how to get there. John chapter 3 and verse 5. Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. To be born of water means to be born and baptized in water, just like they did in the book of Acts, which is to be baptized in immersion in the name that is above every name the name of Jesus Christ and to be born of the spirit means to be filled or baptized with the spirit of almighty God just like they were baptized in the spirit in the book of Acts which was with the evidence of speaking with other tongues that's why the apostle Peter would stand on the day of Pentecost when asked what do we do to be saved what must we do and his response to them was this Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission or the washing away of all your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's not enough for us to just tell you about heaven. You gotta know how to get there and here's what you gotta do. You gotta repent of your sins. We've gotta be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins and then be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues is there anybody believes that apostolic message in this place today oh hallelujah now Somebody said amen. Anybody feel good in the house today? 
Now, there's so many lessons, so many lessons, so many lessons. But for as many years as I can remember pastoring this church, about it once every month or two, Brother Favel, in the course of conversation, either me talking to him, calling him, or him calling me, or me at his house, or whatever it was, Brother Favel would ask me this question. Pastor, is there anybody in the church, speaking of this church, his church family, is pastor, is there anybody in the church that needs financial assistance? And over the years, brother and sister Favel have been such a tremendous blessing to many people in our church. Now, I don't want anybody going to Sister Favel in the next couple of weeks and asking for financial assistance. They were spirit-led and pastoral, pastorally guided in the giving of that. And that's the way it will remain. And yet over the years, Brother and Sister Favel have blessed even many of you in this room. And so it was that my final conversation with Brother Favel is we cried and laughed and talked about heaven and talked about Brother in. Brother Favel's influence on my life and the life of so many people. We finally came down. I could tell he was getting weak. He, he was, Sister Favel was there on the phone and she was kind of translating. He could hear me speak. I couldn't hear him because he had the, the vent, but he could kind of mouth words and he would spell words and actions or whatever. And Sister Favel would kind of translate that to me and we had this conversation and I could tell he was getting a little tired and I didn't want to be a bother to them. And so I, I had a final prayer with Brother Favel and said our goodbyes to him. And right when I was about to hang up the phone, Sister Favel said, wait, 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 wait Pastor, Pastor, he's, he's, he's trying to say something to you. And I said, yes, ma'am. And she said, I, he, he's, got, he's got one last question for you. I said, yes, ma'am. And I thought, I thought it might be, Pastor Elijah, I thought it might be some theological question about eternity. He, he had been contemplating, knowing he was about to enter into his eternity. I thought it might be some, some question about maybe what my thoughts were on the hereafter and maybe try to help him or give him some insight or some understanding or whatever it was, but it wasn't any of those things. The last question Brother Favel ever asked me on this earth, through mouthing words and spelling and actions, Brother Favel asked me, is there anybody in the church that needs assistance? On his deathbed, mere hours before he would pass, his thoughts were not on himself but rather they were on every one of you. They were on his church family and how he could be a blessing and a strength and a help to his church family. Brother Favel's life, in my opinion, will forever be the benchmark 
when it comes to the obedience of the word of the Lord, when it says this in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. The ESV translation of that verse says it like this in Philippians, or Philippians 2, 4, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. <laughs> and if anybody modeled that to us, Brother Favel modeled that verse and that spiritual principle to us all. For he could have so easily overlooked and, or so easily looked solely at his own problems and his own issues and his own struggles. And I doubt there would have been a person in this place who would have blamed him for it. He could have focused all of his attention on meeting his own needs, but he didn't do that. But he looked past himself. I said he looked past himself in order to see how he could be a blessing to his church family. Brother Favel lived out his understanding of the scripture that says this in 1 Corinthians 12 and 7. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all or to profit everybody. My friend, we've got to get this principle understood in our hearts because we are a part of the body. We have been given by God a certain gift. Come on now. And the purpose for him giving us that gift was so that we in turn could be a blessing to all others in the body of Christ. That's why we have what we have. That's why we do what we do and we uh, experience what we experience. Uh, the gift that you have may be your personality, uh, your wisdom, your charisma, your listening abilities, your passion, your cooking skills, your finances, your home, your car, your organizational abilities, your ability to make people laugh, uh, the lessons you've learned from the past or a hundred other th things that it could be. Uh, but every single person in this room has a gifting uh, of some sort and on some level and the gifting wasn't given just for you but it was given to you so that you could profit everybody with your gift to minister to the body of Christ but how many know the breakdown occurs when the members of the body begin to view the body or begin to view the church as the people that are supposed to minister to me instead of the people I'm supposed to be ministering to. Come on now. Listen, I'm not trying to beat anybody up today or be mean, but people that are unfaithful to the house of the Lord, Holy Ghost filled people that are unfaithful to the house of the Lord, it's a selfish and a self-centered thing. And here's the reason they're thinking, their mindset is this. If I miss Sunday, it's no big deal. It'll just be me that's missing out. I will miss out on this. I will miss out on the teaching. I will miss out on the service. And it is so selfish and self-centered because it's all about them. What you have to understand is when you're not here, it doesn't just hurt you, but the gift that God gave you is unable to be a blessing and a benefit to somebody else in the body of Christ. But if anybody exemplified a life that taught us and showed us by example uh, this biblical principle of ministering to others uh, instead of thinking that everybody else needed to minister to them, it was Brother Favel. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I've purposely went to talk with Brother Favel and to visit with Brother Favel with the intention of ministering to him. 
only to leave being the one that was ministered to. I would go to encourage him and he would encourage me. I would go to strengthen him and he would strengthen me. Why? Because he lived a life that looked towards the meeting of the needs of other people. So I say we learn a lesson from Brother Favel and from this word right here and repent of some of our selfish living and some of our selfish thinking and start realizing we're not here to be served, but we are here to serve the body of Christ. See, I didn't get quitting. I didn't get quite the responses I got when talking about heaven. The body of Christ. Come on. You say, well, times are changing and we're busy and we got jobs and we got this and we got that. No, 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 no. The word of the Lord, the word of the Lord is good for every culture. I said the principle of the body ministering to the body is good for every single culture. God didn't say, well, I'll write that and I want them to live that up until about 2020 when everybody gets busy. No, if you're too busy to minister to the body, you're too busy. Come on, what am I bucking up against right here? If we're too busy to minister one to another, it's... Probably a love issue. Because there's nothing but love causes a man with this dying breath to ask how he could minister to somebody else in the body. God, give us a love like that for the body of Christ. Give me a love like that for my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Give me a love like that for my church family when I don't give all kind of excuses why I can't minister to somebody or help somebody or be a blessing to somebody where I'm willingly make any sacrifice I gotta make in order to be a blessing to my brothers and my sisters in the Lord. God, help Help us, help us, help us, help us, help us. Oh, let's pray right now. I'm not done, but let's pray. Ah. God, help us to not get so caught up in our lives that we don't look into the lives of others to see where our need is that we can meet. Help us to not get so selfish and self-centered with what's going on in our own lives and our own families that we're not concerned about the needs of our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Help us to make every sacrifice necessary to do what you call us to do. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. The world's going to know we are the church, not because of our shout, not because of our dance, not even necessarily because of our doctrine. The world's going to know that we're the church because of the love that we have one for another. And love isn't in word, love is in action. Love isn't a, uh, it's a love is, an a, is a verb, it's an action, it's a doing. Love is a, something that we do. 
We got to get beyond just telling one another we love each other and we got to start acting like we love one another. Come on, we got to start loving one another with our actions. We got to start loving one another more and more and more and more and more with our actions. This world is looking for something real. This world is looking for something genuine. This world is looking for the real church and they're not going to find it because of our abilities and our, and our platform and our musical stuff. They're going to see it because of the love we have one for another. I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. My last lesson that I feel Brother Fable has taught us all. Uh, years ago, I don't even know if some of you may remember this. Maybe it never dawned on you, never thought of it. I know it didn't dawn on me for quite some time. But every time, every time Brother Favor would come to the house of the Lord, they'd push him in. And if you noticed, he was always carrying his Bible. I was privileged last night, Brother Al's here. I was privileged last night. They went and got that Bible. And man, I, did you see how quiet I got when I got that Bible? We were all talking until I got that Bible. And, and I was looking through that Bible. He had stuff written everywhere. I was looking for some messages, what I was doing. I was going to steal some Brother Fable messages. I mean, it was written in all over. And so every service he would come and he would have that Bible and be zipped up in that leather, that leather carrying case. And he'd have it on his lap and have his hand on it. And I saw it for years, Brother Tap, years. And then one day, it just dawned on me. I said, I said Brother Favo, I said, I, I hope this question isn't out of line. I said, but can, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. I said, why do you bring your Bible? You can't see, right? You can't see. Why do you bring your Bible? You know what he told me? He said, because you just never know what can happen in an apostolic service. Uh, just never know what can happen. Anybody else just feel faith flow into this room? You just never know what can happen. In an apostolic service. You know what he was telling me? He was telling me this. That was an act of faith. Every single time he came to the house of the Lord, he had a miraculous expectation of a healing. And what I love is that what he wanted to do the most with his healing is read the word of the Lord. But every single time he came to the house of the Lord, he came with a miraculous expectation. It was never service as usual. It was never just another service. It was never just going through the motions with him. But he came in that act of expectation for healings and signs and wonders and miracles every time he came to the house of the Lord. And his expectation was not just for himself. But that miraculous expectation was for everybody else in the house of the Lord. 
I'm done. But I just have to wonder, is there anybody in this room right now that could take your cue from Brother Favel, respond to the spirit of faith that has moved into this house and begin to allow your expectation to believe that the miraculous can happen even right now in this service. Stand, stand. Lift your hands, lift your voices all across this auditorium. Sata lobo kotoye. Ye lorobo sata ya la rabo kotoyaha.